Can we please stand? I sense, and I'm sure many of you do, that there's uh, an awesome moment. Um, one of the teachings we got uh, as a team in the days that Dudley was leading is the awesomeness of ordination. And the reason why is because the call is an awesome call. You know, in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says, we will have to give an account for those who watch over the souls of men and women. Can you imagine a greater responsibility than that? There is none. And so for me, this red carpet moment is reminding us of the awesomeness of the call. As we stand representing the heart of God, we stand representing heaven's agenda on earth. And I think sometimes the toil and the weariness of what we're involved in and just the grind and sometimes the lack of appreciation of those around us kind of can wear us down a little bit. But you need to understand it's a red carpet and they are golden doors of opportunity and he is the master and he mines these, these beautiful jewels and gold and he prepares us to go and represent himself this nation of believers. Isn't that awesome? Just now we're going to hear about some testimony about the amazing things that God is doing. But I think right now, let us renew ourselves in our understanding of the awesomeness of this call. We were reminded today about the awesomeness. God has laid his hands on you through ordination and there's anointing on your life to fulfill this great task. So let's worship God and allow him to just massage that back into our hearts so that, like Yonah said, we can laugh. Some of you are feeling like Sarah and Abraham. The promise is that old and the womb seems that dead. But you forgot this one thing, that God is a miracle working God. And that's exactly what he wants to do in our lives. He wants to resurrect those dreams and get us back on that. Early on today, Tyron said, well done. Thank you for staying the course. I just feel there's a love of God here for the shepherds, for the leaders, that we need to step into and take advantage of. Because to operate being driven or works orientated, it's not a nice place to be in. And, and I feel like that red carpet is such a reminder of operating under God's favor, God's love. God loves us. He laid down His life for us. He's anointing us. He's interceding on the right hand of the Father for us. And He's got these golden doors of opportunity that He's opening for us. And He's saying clearly to us that I'm going to stir up those old treasures, those old promises, and I'm going to give you some new ones. And I feel let's do some of that business with our King right now. Lift up our hands or kneel or just make this a moment where we allow him by the spirit to work these incredible values into our hearts I want to minister out of a love for you Jesus out of your approval in your grace understanding that the most incredible place to be in the safest and the most powerful place is to be in the center of your will understanding the call that is on our lives and so we receive as we open our hearts. 
And I take dominion of all fear, Lord. That we wouldn't operate out of fear or frustration. Out of duty that would be cast aside in the name of Jesus. And we would operate in the power of your Holy Spirit. Understanding the favor and the approval of God. Such an awesome king. Such an awesome king. The manifest presence of God is here to minister life into our into our hearts. Healing in body, soul, and spirit. Thank you, Lord. What a great king. It is going to share a prophetic word and then Lucinda. Lucinda. Just stay where you are, please. Just, yeah. 1 Samuel chapter 10, we know the story of how Saul is looking for the donkeys. And Samuel comes to him. Says to him, you're going to be walking along the road. You're going to come across three guys. One will be carrying three goats. I love the detail of scripture. One will be carrying three loaves of bread and one will be carrying a skin of wine. You carry on a bit further and you'll come across a procession of prophets prophesying. And when that happens, so the Spirit of the Lord will come on you powerfully and you will begin to prophesy and you will be changed into a different man. The Spirit of God will come on you powerfully. You'll begin to prophesy. You'll be changed into a different man. And he went along and he joined the school of prophets and he began to prophesy. And the reaction of the people that knew him says they were surprised. Is this Saul? We didn't know he could prophesy. like the limitation of his reputation was broken we didn't know that was in him we don't recognize him I didn't know he could do that I didn't know she could do that I don't know what you think your reputation is today I don't know what you think others think your reputation is. Don't know what your expectation or what you think other people's expectation is. But when the Spirit of God comes on you, you are no longer in a box. You are no longer in a box. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully on you. You will begin to do something you've never done before and you'll be changed. To a different man, to a different woman. And do that now, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the empowering of your Holy Spirit. 
Come now, Father. Come now, Father. We're going to have two more words and then we're going to carry on. Let's just begin to prophesy to our future. Let's not miss this moment in the spirit right now. Father, we release destiny in this place over these people. You've spoken words to these people. You've given prophetic promises to these people. And Father, we present them to you today and we call them forth in Jesus' name. Stir up the Spirit of God within you, people. Stir up the Spirit of God within you. We'll be changed by the Spirit of God. For it's not by might nor by power, but it's by Spirit. We're people of the Spirit. We started in the Spirit. We've walked in the Spirit. We will finish in the Spirit. Father, release your spirit over your people. Release your spirit over your people. Release your spirit over your people in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Our hearts are full of anticipation, Lord. Confident in you, your promises, and this incredible call that you've given us. How awesome is our God. Let's respond and just thank him for that right now. Lift up your voices and applaud him, the king. He is good. He is very good. Altogether good. Awesome in every single way. Man, what a privilege. What a privilege. What a privilege. Please take your seats. There's many words that are confirming exactly what was said over there now. Um, There's an amazing release of, of God's power in our lives, of God's possibilities in our lives. And you know, God's just showing us that, you know, COVID comes and COVID goes and churches are planted and cities have been impacted, regions have been opened. You know, things have grown. Man, we just want more, Lord. That's what we're saying. So we're gonna hear something of what God has been doing. I'm gonna call all those KZN guys up that I've spoken to and they're gonna share some of the incredible stories and, you know, exploits that they've been up to and God has been doing. Come and stand with me over here and then you can guys have a go at that. And I want Jordy and Nick as well, please. Uh, we'll intro you guys. <laughs> okay, I think we're gonna start right in the north. Yeah, come Mark, you mustn't make it up. This has gotta be real, eh? <laughs> As I said, give me something, I've got nothing, bro. <laughs> <clears throat> Man, what an incredible time. So um, I left my Bible, my seats, I, I won't preach. But um, honestly, this is our testimony. Um, COVID has been an incredible, tough time for a lot of churches. But um, 
I think I'm speaking behalf of myself, my wife, our eldership team. This is our testimony. The church is still standing, <laughs> despite us. I am overwhelmed by God's goodness, His faithfulness, and um, I tell you, this, what we are part of, is incredible. I know we worship, we love Jesus, but we've got to be grateful for the vehicle that He's chosen us to walk with. And I can remember a couple of years ago when, when there was a little bit of shaking happening. Those are the years that time remembers very well. I can remember every single team guy that we built with pulled away. And we thought, geez, yeah, we're stuck in the North Coast, yeah, in Empangani. But what do we do now? Well, it was, was it our fault? <laughs> And, um, yeah, dude. <laughs> and so we just felt like, listen, God has called us to walk a road with this team, man. And if we're going to walk a road with another team, then surely God should tell us that there's another road that we should walk. And we, we, just, we just chose to draw from the strengths of this team, build new partnerships. And I want to say this, man, this is the testimony that got us through COVID as well. It's, it's the faithfulness of men and women. As I can remember in the, in the book of Numbers, this, that whole passage of scripture where the Israelites came out of Egypt, there was the desert to go through, and there was the promised land that they were going to enter. But there was a passage in Numbers 11 where it said the rabble amongst them started to complain, and they looked back. This is in the desert. That's the moment where God provided them with a supernatural provision, which is manna. And they looked at that at the time, and they said they've lost their appetite, and they started to look back, the leeks, the cucumbers, but they forgot the promises of the land flowing with milk and honey, and they lost their appetite. And for me, what got us through this tough time, this is a testimony of our church, is we are so grateful for God's faithfulness and the manner that he provides for us during that tough time. I mean, we're a small church in Pangani. I mean, we had an average income before COVID of about 2.5 million. It's not like these um, Joburg church. <laughs> no, I wish, bro. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Things happened here in Coast. No, seriously, we wish we had a, 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 a monthly income of 2.5 million. It's only 2.2. Any case, so. <laughs> but things did start happening. And, um, but the amazing thing for us as a local church is we never stopped paying salaries. We never stopped doing what God has done for us. And I was reminded of that thing where God actually had to say to the Israelites, just for 40 years, the, the soles of your shoes didn't wear out and your clothes haven't worn out. It's the little things that we look out for. But I also felt like a prophetic thing for us as a church, and not just us as a local church, but then Numbers chapter 14 talks about the exploration before they went into the promised land. And then there was another group of people that were questioning the giants that are coming. And they said, why would God take us into a land to fight giants so that we die? And again, they said, and this is a funny thing. He says, let us... Let us rather choose ourselves a leader to take us back to Egypt. And I'm like, God, no, we do not want to be leaders. They take people back to where they've come from. We want to be leaders that take people into the future. And the prophetic picture that I felt for us as churches, if you can maybe just imagine for yourself sitting in a vehicle and the car is covered in newspaper clippings of everything that's going on in the world today. That's not a pretty picture. And I felt for us as visionary elders We've got the windscreen wipers on because our responsibility is for the winds, the, the vision of where God is taking us to be clear, but at the same time to be aware of what's going on around us. And I really do feel like where God's taking us, there are going to be some giants to face. But it's still a land flowing with milk and honey. And our testimony has got to be that we want to be a motivational group of men and women 
that out of our love for Jesus, those that come after us will be able to throw off the things that hinder them and the sin that entangles, and they will run their race with perseverance that's marked out for them. So that's Hebrews 11, talking about the cloud of witnesses. And I want to use this time. I don't want to honor people for the sake of honoring, but Tyron, honestly, I want to say this, but it's, it's men and women like you that have faithfully held on to the call of God that is allowing us to throw off the thing that hinders us. And it enables us to run this race that's marked out for us. I think of guys like Tony. He's done nothing for us. And then I think... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And he's preaching in our church shortly. Anyways, no, seriously, I want to say this, Tony. You, you You have shown us that the boundary lines, you don't have to stay away from them. You can go as close to them as possible. And honestly... Just our partnership and relationships. We're not, we're not trying to be arrogant or cheeky. I can, even th- I can remember during COVID, we just thought, man, we've got to have a strategy. We want to be like a Black Friday church. When the doors open, the church needs to get back in. As long as we can't connect, we've got to stay connected. We've got to get into each other's faces. And when they said, okay, we can open up again and we allowed 50, we didn't break the rules. And I think a lot of churches missed the mark. The Bible says when a husband and wife get married, the two will become one. And so all we did is we put groups of two chairs out. And if the government came in and said there's 100 people, I'd say, oh, sorry, we're just counting biblically. Husband and wives are one. I get that courage from guys like Tony. <laughs> and then I think of, think of guys like Marcus Herbert. Your generosity... And God's faithfulness that comes with that enables us to say, come on, man, we want to be a generous church. We want to experience the faithfulness of God because of we're not, a, we're not a receiving church. We want to be a giving church. And then guys like Grant and Sue, you, I get tired looking at you, bro. <laughs> but honestly, there's that thing where, where David killed Goliath. And the, I love the passage when he was holding Goliath's head. It says, when the enemy saw that their, that their giant was dead, the enemy turned around and ran. But the next thing that happened, and the army of Israel surged forward, and I'm grateful for the, for the things that you do, that we can see the enemy flees, but it also helps us to search forward and say, come on, man, we can do this. And then last but not least, Joel, I'm sure being the son of Tyrant, you've got many people prophesying over you, so I don't want to prophesy over you, but... I am so inspired by your passion and love for Jesus that comes from your relationship with your dad. It's a beautiful thing, man. And um, you're an inspiration to us, bro. I don't know what the future looks for you, but, but it's, it's bright because Jesus is in it. And um, so Mark, I that's helpful, bro. But to me, the testimony of, of where we've come from and where we're going, gone and where we're going is really just been God's faithfulness. He's manner provided. But seriously, this team that we partner with, it's been incredible, man. Stan, Paul, you guys need to be up here. Hello, everyone. My name is Aubrey. I'm part of One Life Church in Peter Marisburg. And uh, I remember early on during COVID preparing for a leaders meeting for our church and just thinking, hey, God, what am I going to say to these people? You know, everyone's looking for direction during this time. And um, I just, 
what I realized, I'll tell you now what I felt God say to me, what I realized was that we've been riding on this corporate momentum and suddenly we need to get back to the basics, God's word and hearing God again. And it was so refreshing for me. I just felt God drop these words in my heart. Uh, we are not those who shrink back. And then I started looking at Hebrews 10 and so I was telling the leaders, we are not those who shrink back. That is who God has made us to be. But why is that? It's because of who we know. It's because of him. And if you, if you look just a bit higher in that passage, you'll see it says, let us draw near to God. And that is why we can say we are not those who shrink back. And so um, I'm sharing that with them. And, and, and I've just felt so inspired uh, to, to share vision with leaders. And I've seen leaders just picking up what God's called them to in this season. And we've seen just leaders re- released. We've brought elders on during this time. So it's been really exciting, but I've also been so encouraged to see what's been happening uh, in other churches in our region. Let's look at like Dwayne, Dwayne Smith and hanging out with him and just hearing what God's doing there and just the, the church growth. And um, I can only call him Umian because I was at school with his son, but Johan Meering, um, and just seeing what God's doing there. I was, I was there with the handover and just, you know, God's given them new territory and it's just been exciting. We've heard, we've heard of uh, church plants during this time in COVID, you know, in the outskirts of Marriageburg. And um, it's just so exciting. And, and also what's blown our mind is that uh, for some churches, like this one that Jay Manikam leads, uh, they've been given property. Uh, we've got a church on Nottingham Road, given property. Uh, there's, a, there's premises for you, and you can have a church gathering here. Um, and so it's just been incredible to see what God's been doing. But, but what, what has actually blown my mind the most is that every single Sunday we hear that people are meeting Jesus. People are getting saved and we, we hear of people meeting him, getting baptized. So the, the other day we, um, at our morning service, uh, preaching and this family that had me back for, to church for eight years brought their 16-year-old daughter and said, she's brought us. And it's, t- it's time, it's time. She says, I, I need to give my life to the Lord. And tonight at the evening service, I want to get baptized as well. And it's just been incredible to see that. And I, I'm, I'm very excited because I feel this is only the start of, of what God's been doing. So very encouraging, KZN. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. I am Dustin, and I'm from Newcastle. Yes, all our, praise Jesus. I wanted to share some testimony and feedback. Um, many of you have actually touched areas in, the, in northern Natal where we are. We are not a, a canoe just paddling out on our own. Praise Jesus for team. But with Newcastle, Freyheit, and Dundee, I, I was just thinking of Mark Newman. He's kind of, he runs down off of us. So any milk and honey I think he's getting is just diluted running from us. But that's okay, Mark, lots of love. It's really been amazing how the Lord has been working. Um, John and, and Sophie Flanagan are doing really well in Dundee. Aside from their physical family growing, their church is growing. And that's beautiful because it, the power in it is the lost, the broken, the confused, the backslidden are coming home. And their arms are just open wide and saying, come, we're going to love on you. We're going to disciple you and we're going to point you to Jesus. So they are pumping and doing really well. In Freyhead, we have Mark and uh, Shamel Nika. Uh, they also have a, <clears throat> excuse me, they have a, um, 
an orphanage, and that is also just these kids finding love, finding father, and just moving out of, you may be an orphan physically, but that orphan spirited thing, leaving, becoming a son. So it is pumping there. They also planted a site. Kia could tell you the story a little bit better than me. They planted, um, I'd say about 30 k's away, you'd find Paul Petersburg. And what they did was they pitched up, they had a team, and uh, here they go. And simultaneously, the cops pitch up, and they're saying, what are you doing here? They're saying, what are you doing here? This is church is happening. And they actually registered them as a church right then and there. Powerful, powerful. And for us in Newcastle, even though um, we've taken over from Richard and Dark Coley um, a year ago or so, we've almost been there for two years. But we experienced exponential growth in a really special way. It actually pushed us out of our previous venue into a new venue. And, and it just so happens that, that the Lord, <laughs> I felt ambushed by Jesus a bit, but it's powerful, it's powerful. The reason I felt ambushed is because we only discovered that the venue I was looking at wasn't, it was trigger and target, it was actually this way. And I just love that scripture, made to fish, because we literally cast our nets on the other side of town. And we've moved into a venue that can host so much more than just our growing church. But we've had Muslims coming to our worship nights, praising Jesus. We've had Hindus coming to church and actually getting saved. Because where we are now, we are literally in the middle of, you have the Freemasons here, you have 400 Imams being raised there, you have Hindu temples there, the Jehovah's Witnesses are sneaking around the corner. And, and it's just, we're in the center of this, we are unwanted. But God wants us and he knows where he's placed us. Great testimony. Wonderful. Excellent. Uh, Paul, I did ask Paul to come and stand on the stage here with us. Thanks, Dan. I tell you, and also Dustin's got a special product in in uh, Frahat. It's called Beard Straightener, <laughs> and actually that's why his church is growing. But yeah, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you, Zach. Just sort him there. Um, we've had looting. We've had flooding. Polluting. I don't know what other double O we can get. But the Lord is still on the throne in Durban, and uh, it is wonderful. It's been, it's been encouraging to be traveling into churches because I don't know one church that I've been into in the last year that hasn't been growing and flourishing. Literally, hasn't, I have, I've seen other churches that I don't know closing down and uh, really getting smaller. But so many of our partnering churches, or all of our partnering churches, are flourishing absolutely flourishing and so many it's it's amazing to see and i think god is god is i think what god has done is he's taken healthy things and just made them stronger over this time and it's just been amazing to see the health of the churches in durban god has blessed us as a church i think uh, i don't think our meetings have been fuller in the last 10 years as now and it's just been incredible lots of visitors lots of people coming back um, just it's been a wonderful, wonderful sense of life and, and God doing something amongst us in our church in Durban. I went for a run the other day and um, on the promenade. And as you know, we've had flooding and the Mgani River has pushed every bit of junk that it's ever had in it into the sea. And uh, when we were running, I said to the guys running with, 
I said, jeepers, look at that over there. And I was looking at all the rubbish, like literally trees and all sorts of stuff that has been washed up on the beach. And he said, yeah, isn't it amazing? The waves look great. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know, Stan, you've got this unbelievable propensity to look at the mess instead of the waves, you know? And, um, but I feel like God in this time has taken our eyes off the mess and put them onto the waves. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. And unfortunately, the only way you get that, if you me, is to be running with a mate. So actually to be running with a group of people, to getting them saying, listen, look at the waves, stop looking at the mess is an unbelievable blessing. And uh, so uh, my heart is warm and we are very glad in Durban. Thanks, Stanley. Paul, thank you. How's it, guys? Um, geez. I think this the same, like everyone has said, just to see new people coming into the church, having to make space um, is our story. Um, but I, I'd love to, to honor Henny and Rita. Would you stand? Shaking his head. Could you stand? It's about the only time I get to tell him what to do. <laughs> These guys came down to the South Coast um, eight, is it eight years ago? And they have served us. They have served our church and us personally in an incredible way. Um, and um, we felt as an eldership end of last year that something had shifted and we began to ask God for open doors. Um, and it's been phenomenal um, how we've just seen the doors open for Henny and Rita, uh, just for a new season of what God has for them. You can now sit down. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just incredible. We felt that it's time to, as a church, to, to, to push out, you know, to, to focus on sending. And um, we've just seen it being unlocked. And uh, I want to encourage you with that. Um, for some reason, we haven't been able to move around and travel on that. But it's time, you know. Whether you go 20 k's down the road, you've got to put, you've got to put your feet on it. Um, that's, that's putting action to what our values are. And so I want to encourage you with that. We've just seen something stirring in our people, you know, just as we've started to do it. Yeah, no, thanks. I'm Steve from City Hill in Hillcrest, for those who we haven't met before. Marcus asked me to just share a little about the aid that we've been able to distribute over the last three years. Um, one of our elders' wives about 15 years ago felt it on her heart to start an in-house NGO to reach the underprivileged areas or impoverished areas around us. I heard somebody say once, if every, if I could say, middle-class church in South Africa looked to just reach the poorest community closest to them, 
Imagine the change we could make in this nation. And so that NGO is focused on the communities around our church. And then another business guy in our church about 12 years ago um, felt it on his heart through a dream to launch a disaster relief organization and do international aid. Both organizations started with one person and zero rand. When COVID hit, for the first 13 months of COVID, I think our church had four months meeting in person, broken up into little blocks. But those two organizations was like they were on steroids. The aid that came in through corporates, through individuals was astonishing. In the first, and many churches, yeah, actually, as the looting and flooding has unfolded. But uh, within the first five months of COVID, we distributed, I think it was 276 tons of physical aid as well as um, vouchers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it was just amazing to see the pictures come through. We were all locked down, but essential services like them were able to function fully. Uh, one of the business guys in our church, he um, moves vegetables. He he's, does trading, and uh, he donated two truckloads, like with double trailer trucks of vegetables, 20 tons of veggies right in the beginning. There's loads of donations coming through. And then with the, the looting and the flooding it's just been devastating to our city. The psychological impact has been huge on the city of Durban, but I don't think there's been a better time to be in the business of doing church, of preaching a message of hope. And so fascinating verse in Galatians where Peter and Paul are discussing apostolic work, reaching nations, and then Paul records, he says, all that they asked was that we remember the poor, the very thing we were eager to do. And uh, so we have that on our heart, that we'd continue to help the poor as well as all the other things we're doing. Um, last year, we built actually distribution centers for these two organizations, about 500 square meters altogether, because they've grown so much. There's just been such grace and favor on them. It's about 10 employees, but only one salary paid through the church. All the rest is self-funded. And in the same year, last year, that we built those buildings, at the end of the year, we added up the money that had come through and the aid, the value of the physical aid. Through those two NGOs, we distributed over 17 million rands worth of aid in last, the last calendar year. The flooding happens and been really interesting. The FNB phoned the disaster relief organization. So we're looking, for, we're looking to put money in, half a million rand. Investec phoned up. They, we didn't even go hunting for it, a million rand put in through them. So I don't know what the net result of it is after this flooding, but it's been, been really awesome to see that arm of the church working, just aid going out, being distributed. By the way, if you have any, any disaster in your area, please contact City Hope. We, we're wanting to get involved in any area around the country and around the world, actually, in wherever there's natural disaster, carrying the gospel for spiritual poverty, and then whatever we can do for physical poverty as well. It really has been an amazing thing. We've kind of established ourselves as a depot for this uh, disaster relief, and we've had a fire, a number of fires in townships, and we've gone in with buckets to help. And it's a wonderful way in which very personally to talk about the gospel. You guys are awesome, really. God is good. So would you two step up? So during COVID, the churches in Belito trebled, and these guys will give you their testimonies. I think the incredible thing about COVID is we realize that the 
the mission and the mandate doesn't shift irrespective of what God's doing. So church planting is still something that we're a part of. And there's a privilege in that. And I want to share a little testimony, and it's probably not what Marcus expects of me, but, um, <laughs> but, but this is where I come from, so I get some liberties here. Uh, but I had a picture yesterday in worship of the Holy Spirit moving through the room and putting envelopes in the pockets of people. And on those, in those envelopes were letters with the names of people, the locations of places. We heard a testimony from Yanis of how God spoke to them an exact name of a street in a place where they needed to plant a church. And I feel that there's going to be strategic names, places, streets that God's going to give. But I had a sense for some of the ladies when they read this, there's going to be an apprehension because what do we do with our kids? And I know for us that's a big thing. And in Genesis, it says there, I mean, Abraham, incredible promises. But then in Isaac, it says, and through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But to Jacob, it says, through your offspring, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And God sends families to best families. And one thing that we've realized is Shanae and I did not go and plant a church. Our family, Kayla and Libby, our daughters, were part of the purpose of what God was doing. And they walk into that. And, and I want to share a testimony of we went there for a week, and we went to September. We were there for a week, and we looked for a school. And we found a school and felt God say, this is where you need to put their names down. So it was a school that we looked at. It was the only school we applied for. And for the next few months, we got email after email saying, please go look for another school. We don't have space for your daughters. And we were naive. We were focused on other things. We kind of ignored it. But we felt that God sends families to bless families and that our daughters will be placed in a school because God has something on the other side of their obedience for what was going to happen. And the day we arrived, we moved in faith without having a school for our girls. The day we arrived, we got an email from the school saying, congratulations, your girls have been accepted. And our daughters now know that there's a price, but there's a purpose and a privilege to the price that they've paid. And I want you to know that your kids will pay the greatest price, but they also are part of the greatest purpose, and they reap the greatest blessing in the privilege of planting. And, and something else I want to just to share is I've got Geordie standing here. And we went and we found a house in Salt Rock where we put an offer in, and eventually we actually offered asking price for that house, and God closed the door. Adele prophesied over us that God will close the wrong doors and open the right doors. And a few months later, we heard about them coming and planting down the road from us, and it was about half a kilometer from the house that we had put an offer in, and God had closed the door. We eventually found a place about 15 k's up the road in an area that is unreached without a church because God opened that door. And in Deuteronomy 2, it says there that you will pass through the land, but the land has been allotted to Job's son. So you will move through it, but you will not dwell there because it has not been allocated to you. And I want to encourage you that sometimes the plan of God, the doors close, but he's actually got other people in mind that he's got an inheritance for them and a community that he's sending them to reach that we could never have reached. But God's done that. So it's just an incredible thing on a team. Um, with us just being with Marcus and Adele and submitting to them has been an incredible privilege. They've held us back when we needed to be held back. They've released us when we needed to be released. And they've supported us when we needed to be supported so that we could do what we've been called to do. So it is an absolute privilege to do this. 
And I just want to say to the ladies, God knows the hearts of your children. And our oldest daughter struggled with this concept. She said, Dad, I don't want to move. This is where our life is. And a few weeks ago, we were walking along the beach, and she turned to me. She said, thank you so much for bringing me here. It's the best thing you could have ever have done. And I burst into tears. I had tears streaming down my face because I realized that God is invested in our kids, and they are part of the purpose, and they reap in the privilege. Afternoon, everyone. My name is Ian Geordie, and uh, Lekka, nice to meet you as well. Um, guys, yeah, so we've, uh, 2019, I think it was the last time in person, I was sitting at the back, and I remember a prayer went out for guys who felt called to plant, and my wife and I, Laura, we had felt uh, many years before that a call to go and plant on the North Coast, and, um, and I remember, guys, say, put your hands up, by then I, th- I had pretty much convinced myself we had heard wrong, and so I didn't put my hand up. And we stood at the back, I remember one of the guys on our team came and said, hey man, but you know God's called you to plant, Just pray. we must pray. And it was amazing, just hearing some of the, the teaching from Tyron this morning, from the, between the call, the preparation, and then the commission to go. And, uh, and the value of sitting in a team with Stephen Jacks under their leadership at City Hill, uh, invaluable. And then through an amazing course of events with Guy Feltman, Hilton involved as well, we felt the Lord just pull the trigger uh, at the end of uh, 2019 into 2020, sorry, end of 2020 into 21. And, uh, and we kicked off uh, planting out of City Hill, planting a City Hill Belito um, in August last year. And so we knew, and we're having an absolute blast. And uh, we've just learned a huge amount along the way. Um, and one of the key things, I think, for us is we felt, in my mind, I thought we'd go and build it like you'd build a business, quick up with the advertising and get the things going. And we just felt the Lord very quickly wind us back and, uh, and say, what about getting around the table like I used to do? And so we started having lots of coffees, lots of dinners with friends, with guys on our team. And that's how we've been building. And we've got an amazing group of people together and have been hugely blessed uh, by the Lord in that space. And so, yeah, we're early days and having an absolute blast. And the area is so exciting. It's been awesome meeting Nick and Shanae. We play volleyball on the beach with a whole bunch of crazy surfers, Hilton, Tanya, and guys down the road. And, uh, and it's, it's an exciting place. They reckon it's the fastest growing town in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment, to the North Coast area. So it's a great privilege to be there. And, uh, and we value every visitor coming out of a big church, with a, in the small church, every single visitor comes in. When they come back the second time, we have to like hold our team back, say, guys, don't pounce on them just yet. Let, relax, relax, yes, they're back. And, uh, and, uh, and amazingly, we've seen some salvations as well. And uh, so we know that the, the power of the gospel is at work. In our kids' ministry, this last Sunday, we had a, a young girl give a life to Jesus, and our team exploded with excitement. And I think when you're in a big church, you can get quite used to that happening a lot, and you realize how precious each sheep is to the Good Shepherd. So we're loving the journey, and uh, loving being part of this incredible team, yeah. Thanks, Jordy. It really is inspiring, and uh, it's awesome, hey? During COVID, these things are happening. We know there are many others. Tomorrow afternoon, we're going to kind of pray over some churches that are about to be planted, and we're going to hear some of those testimonies. But Derek, if you wouldn't mind coming, and Gareth, they're going to give a report on the regions they're in. Thanks. Thank you so much, Marcus. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, what a privilege to be able to be a part of what Jesus is doing on the earth. And in this season, uh, I'm just amazed just to see how God is always speaking always providing, always going before us. Uh, nothing is impossible 
when we're doing it with God, eh? But um, friends, we're so thankful just for, for what the Lord's doing in the Northwest uh, province. We are seeing, uh, we've been partnering and working with the church in, uh, in Bray and Tosca. So those of you that know, you don't know where that is. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but it's a, it's a farming community. And um, Robka is on our team, has been, been working closely with a, with a guy named Simon. And they've been, they've been just faithfully trusting the Lord. And, and I mean, we've been chatting with guys that are, have got buildings. They've got established churches, but they're empty. And as they walk out, Romka actually told me this story, walking out the door with, with uh, the pastor and saying, but, but just look across the street. There's, there's a whole bunch of people out, out here. Why, why aren't you reaching out? It's like, no, well, the cultural challenges and, and economic challenges. And, and he's like, no, the gospel needs to get out. And, and so Simon's been doing... Uh, Phenomenal job. He, out of all the churches in that region, um, they, they're growing. They, they're just waiting now for a, a, a plot of land to be approved for them. They've been there for 10 years, and we're busy planning just with Judea Harvest to help them set up a building. Uh, God is doing an amazing things. We've been sending teams there. It's also been great just to hear about um, some plants happening in Artis. Um, that's still part of the Northwest I want to remind the guys from. <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we have some, you know, Equips and things in the Northwest. You guys are welcome to come. We, we do serve coffee and we, we love Jesus there as well. But it's been, it's been awesome to see that. And, and just our personal journey uh, as a church, um, many of you know Mark and Marie, who uh, just in of uh, January moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, they've got Elevation Church just down the road from them, a couple of other people, but they've gone there to, to join up uh, with a church that's been in need of a leader and um, Ty was just there, uh, just beginning of this month, and God's beginning to work things out. They're trusting for the visa, so please, if you can be praying for them. But um, you know, having the privilege of stepping into what God is doing with us in Potchefstroom and in Clarkstall with City on the Hill, um, it's been phenomenal to see how God, the power of team, friends. Um, I just want to honor our, our team. We, we, we've got quite a few guys here, but I'm overwhelmed by the presence and, and just God's awesome way that He works varied gifts, the priesthood of all believers coming together and seeing how the Lord blesses that and leads us into that. Uh, and I, I want to ask you to, to continue to contend for that. It doesn't happen by accident or it doesn't happen, we have to contend for it. And it's been great just to see so many of you coming through pray, praying for us uh, in the Northwest, I think is, is really exploding. Um, Ronkis has been through to Mozambique with Haney as well. And we've reconnected there with about 40 different churches right now. There's a, a mission station that's been made available for us. And we've sent teams there now twice. We're going again in July. And God's opening and reestablishing some, some of our connections there. It's been phenomenal. And God is on the throne. When we continue to keep him there, things seem to go well. If we forget it, just keep our hands off of it. That's all I, all I keep saying. It's, just, it's, it's good. We don't need to do, do much more than that. So yeah, it's a couple of things. Thank you. It's a bit difficult to share now with what everyone's spoken about. The, the team's great. Everyone's got money. You've all got loads of people. Got loads of people in your church. Your ministries are flourishing and your eldership teams are tight. So write a book. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, yeah, uh, Tyron Daniels Publishing will be happy to launch that. So for us... Um, 
I've got permission now, but we had absolute chaos. 2020, I know all of you are celebrating. Woohoo! It was wonderful. We had absolute chaos. Just as we were about to uh, reopen in September when we were counting our 50 people, um, that uh, we, we, had, we had some elders turn on us, and, which is always fun. And, uh, and you can run around rebuking Jezebel and uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem all you want. Um, so these guys turn on us and they take a whole lot of our people. And the guy had, he had already registered a church and he had, a, he had already been approaching leaders. He had been meeting with guys. And it was one, really wonderful stuff going on. And you don't, and you have to be honest now. I know this is, I mean, 2020 was the dream year apparently. But for me, I didn't know who was left in our church. By, by September, you're looking at views on how many people have actually watched the video. And you're like, come on, we've still got a church. And you say, well, he's in Dubai, he's in Oman. You're like, he's not coming back. And so 2020, my daughter had warned me, she had had a dream, and she said, Dad, 9-11 is coming for, for us. Now, where we're from is we have a massive petrochemical site. And if it blows up, we just, we, we'll just be a crater. It won't even be a memory. You won't even have a signboard pointing to Secunda. So I thought, is it going to be an explosion on site? What's going to happen? And uh, the two days before we hit September, she said, no, Dad, two towers are going to fall. And it was two elders that we had this challenge with. And we walked out of that a week later, and I said to my wife, Heidi, I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm willing to give my life to Jesus, but not for his bride. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> but I, I reckon Jesus died for them. I don't have to die for them as well. <laughs> so, and it's... Stop laughing, man. This is the most dramatic moment of my life when I had to go through, and you're all insensitive laughing at me. No, it's so, you know, I just, my, my wife was amazing, and I had a couple of really good elders gather around me, and the one guy gave me wisdom. He said, you've had all these accusations thrown at you. Just stay, stay until we can prove you're guilty or innocent, and then you can duck. So I said, okay, we stayed long enough, and after a month, we had sorted everything out. But we were in a place, I don't know who was left. I don't know what was going to happen. I and it's fine, you know, there's money in the bank, woohoo, but you don't know what's going to happen down the line. And then we started meeting again, and that, that was those amazing moments where we got to actually do our fake recordings with a whole lot of people there and put it online. And I promise you, for the first two months, for me, it was absolutely faking every part of it. And, okay, that got serious now. <laughs> and what we've seen happen, now this is what, and all the prophets... We had a prophet come to us in 2019 and say, church is going to close for six months. I'm like, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> then he said, no, no, this church will close for six months. God is going to prune this tree down to the stump. Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we still stone the prophets in our church. <laughs> and... Yeah, and, and what we've seen, because this is the challenge, and we know this, you all preach it, is what does God prune? The good branches as well as the bad branches. And, and we, we lost some really good branches, and then we lost a whole lot of dead ones. I can't wait to see the fire, and <laughs> just be honest. And, but what's, <laughs> what's happened is now, now we look back and we all go, woohoo, it was amazing. Until the president says, I want to speak to you guys again. Then you're all panicking and you've got your media teams preparing something to send out. But what we've seen is we've seen an explosion in our kids' ministry. I have such an incredible heart for kids' ministry. For me, that's the, 
Uh, I know some of you guys think it's like a, an appendix in your church, unless the kids tithe, then, then we'll promote kids' ministry. But we really, we see kids' ministry as a feeder ministry. We see people coming into the church for the sake of the kids' ministry. And, and we've seen that explode. I'm talking about literally hundreds of little ones getting saved. Their parents drop the kids off. They go do something else. Now the parents have started coming in. Uh, and it's been absolutely phenomenal to watch these. Yeah, you honor Jesus. And then we saw a whole ministry start because we had a whole lot of old people come. And, and this is something that we realize is we, we've called it the, the refired ministry because they're not retired, they're refired. And uh, all the old folk with enough strength clapped a bit there, well done. And, what, and, and then a guy prophesied this over us. He said, you'll never see the little Samuels raised up if you're never going to honor the Eli's. I'm like, oh, I did the same thing. Ah. And the reality is, if you're not going to see those with experience and those that have done this well get to minister in the life of the church, we'll never see the little Samuels learn to hear the voice of God. And for us, we're celebrating that. And uh, if you've got too much money, send it to us. <laughs> if you have people that are difficult, send them, yeah. Exactly. And God sent Derek to us, and we sent him out. <laughs> Henny wants to share a testimony. Thanks. Now, you know, yesterday, um, sitting there listening to Tyron, and uh, I was so touched in my heart, especially when you came to the aspect of the Holy Spirit and church planting and... Um, it really just stirred my heart. And uh, while you were busy there, I felt like jumping up and saying, this is the way. Um, God is really, and we're coming into a season where we're going to experience and see the miraculous of God like we've never seen it before. And uh, I believe that here in our togetherness, God is going to take some of you and he's going to raise you up. If you become sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, um, in 2021, end of that year, uh, during lockdown, um, we were in a meeting, elders meeting with Paul, and um, we, were talk we were just talking, dreaming, and during this time, I just sat there and I said, God, um, what's going on? For you've, you've opened so many doors, wonderful doors of opportunity to share the gospel, and um, for the last season, there's nothing happening, and literally... God opened doors where I could stand before kings and presidents throughout my life. But for a season, there was nothing. And uh, I complained. I, and we talked about this. And that morning, you know, I'm, I'm also doing, trying to farm a little bit at the same time. But I was on the way to the farm early in the morning. And halfway there, I felt God started stirring something in my heart. And he said to me, you need to contact Cyril Ramaphosa. And I said, God, how do I contact Sir Ramaphosa? I'm just, I'm one of maybe 60 million. And 
for me to contact him. I have got no clue where to start. But I said, if you're in this, then you'll open the door. And uh, it was literally hours after that, um, God opened the door and I ended up with a telephone number. And um, I had this telephone number for a couple of days and eventually I, I felt this one day, I came out of an area where there's no reception on the farm and I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. You phone that number now. I phoned the number and the first attempt, if you know something about security, you'll understand what I'm trying to say, but my first attempt, there was no answer. They didn't, wouldn't, um, no one answered the phone. Now the person that I contacted was, was Cyril Ramaphosa's son. And uh, so the second attempt, now he never met me in his life. When I spoke, when I tried the second time, he said to me, good morning, Henny. How can I help you? Now, you've never known me, but they've checked to see who it was. And uh, so I said, I, I need to speak to your dad. And he said, you know, there are so many prophets who want to speak into his life. And uh, you, not have, you don't have a chance to, stand, to speak to him. But I could just sense something is happening in this man's, in his voice. And uh, he said, I need to share this with you but my dad is in a war and he's going through warfare. And, and then he, he became quiet again and I could just sense something is stirring in his heart. And he said, why not? I will put you in touch with my dad. And um, that was it. The, uh, that after I went down into the valley again and there's no reception. I came out and uh, next moment as I came out, there's... Um, a, phone, a, a voice message from, from, from him to say, I've spoken to my dad, he's waiting for your call. And uh, that night, I sat by the dining room table and now I had to address the president. So I, I went into all this, you know, the way to address them. And I said, Mr. President, it's not a chance that you are where you are today. It is you have been appointed by God to be here. And I started speaking to his life. And, uh, and I used the story of Jehoshaphat where he was overwhelmed by what was happening. I said, then you are overwhelmed by what is happening in the country. And you haven't gotten a way forward. But if you are to take God at his word tonight, you will be amazed to see what God is going to do for you tomorrow. You stand still and see what's happening. The next morning, it was public on the radio. Three of the biggest events in the last couple of years took place where he publicly made certain announcements, and I can't go into that, but you'll know what it was all about. But I really believe that for us, the time is coming. If we are going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we'll be amazed to see what God is going to do because God wants to open doors that, that was shut and he's going to open them up and he's looking for people just to become sensitive to him. We're on about 10 to 4. God is awesome. Just reminded of this thing. And I don't know if you've ever suffered from this in your kind of 
especially Monday mornings devotional time, is, is you kind of think, well, why me, Lord? <laughs> you know, why are you using me? Because you know yourself, who you are, and the inadequacies, the weaknesses you suffer with, and the rest. But yeah, God is committed to this partnership. It takes normal, ordinary people, and he does amazing things with them. But here's the thing, and we're going to end with this, is we need to keep giving him the glory. We need to make sure that we stay out of this and we keep giving him the glory and he'll give us those golden doors of opportunity to walk through. So can we stand and just say thank you to the Father for churches planted, for testimony, for, for me, um, incredible heart that goes out there in these times of need. You know, like with these parcels, every parcel is a, a reminder that God loves churches that are established, families that are paying the price. Um, and I just want to commend you. God has got this. Take those things, take those visions, take those dreams, take those ways in which God has stirred your heart, and let's keep bringing them before Him and realizing that it, it's all about Him. It's about His ability. It's about His Spirit being poured out. And let's start to pray some of those big prayers. Think of some of those areas that we've been challenged with, that, you know, and kind of the unreached people groups, the, the areas of our own country, and start to pray some of those prayers. You know, we want to make a difference from our local church, Lord. And, and you know what? It's not about a bank balance. It's not about a size of a church. It's about the heart. And if that heart's not there, help us have that heart. Can we give God thanks right now? Thank you, Lord.